joining me in the studio right now is Mayor Lori Lightfoot, uh, who gave an address to the city yesterday. And uh, welcome, Mayor. Thank you so much for being with us today. I just have to ask you, what is it like being a mayor <laughs> in times like this? I mean, I mean, you, no one thought that this was going, I mean, could even foresee something like this. What has it been like for you personally to have to deal with this and be a leader in all of this madness? Well, our Department of Public Health started seeing this coming uh, when we start, started to get the first reports out of China back in December. Really? I got yeah because I didn't cause, know. You no, know, China um, started showing the signs of it. Now they weren't open and honest about what was going on, but our public health folks were on top of this back in December. And then by January, when we started to see the spread through Asia, we knew that this was coming to our doorstep. So we really started getting engaged early on. And I personally was involved by mid-January when the White House issued a directive to send all the people coming back from China to seven airports in the United States, O'Hare being one of them. Mm -hmm. So we've been living with this for a while. And keep in mind, Chicagoland was the first reported U.S. case. We had a woman who um, traveled to China, came back, got sick, gave it to her husband. He got sick. Luckily, they're fine now. But we have been really gearing up for this um, full gear since really mid-January. And the truth is um, our Department of Public Health and many other departments did a full-scale drill last August. And the problem set that they were working on was a pandemic virus out of China that landed in, in Chicago. Mm. So we drill and prepare for this all year round. And I'm comforted every single day by knowing that I've got the best team really in the United States, if not the world, because they are true professionals. We've got epidemiologists. We've got data, data analytics. And if you've seen our incredible uh, commissioner of public health, she is a measure of calm. Oh, my goodness. She's amazing. She is amazing. So that makes my ability to kind of handle everything else that much easier because I know she's got all the public health pieces locked down. But we've kicked into high gear our emergency uh, management operation. We've been up in a, up at full tilt now for a couple of weeks. We're in daily conversations with hospitals. We're looking at alternative um, housing and lodging in the event that we need to do mass quarantining um, or uh, isolation. So we're on it. You know, look, this is a challenge, no question. Every single day there's some new wrinkle that comes. And we're really making sure that we're trying to get people to transition into this new normal. I mean, think about what's happened just in 10 days' time. Yes. We shut down St. Patrick's I'm Day. supposed to be in South Africa. Well, there you are. Okay. See, there you are. <laughs> and I'm not. So, right. you know. Right. I mean, we've the world is kind of upended. Yeah. But we want people to know that we are calm and ready and working hard 24-7. And we just need people to be smart. If you're sick, you got to stay home. We've had a couple of specific cases where people thought, oh, I'm sick, but i got to go into work. They went into work, they had coronavirus, and then they got their coworkers sick. Don't do that. 
If you are sick, stay home. If you're starting to feel the signs of the flu because they're very similar to coronavirus, right, the shortness of breath, the tightening in your chest, the fever, the cough, if you've got any of those symptoms, for God's sake, stay home. Call your health care provider. Many health care plans allow now for telemedicine where you don't even have to leave your home. You can go on the Internet and talk to a doctor and talk through their symptoms. There's lots of different ways in which you can protect yourself. If you're coughing, wash your hands, cover your mouth, don't sneeze um, in the open. All these common sense things that we teach our kids about colds and flu, they apply with equal measure now more than ever. You know, um, yesterday, and and thank you for that televised address that you gave to Chicagoans. One of the things that you uh, said is that the schools are not going to open again at least until April 21st. Was that a tough decision for you to, to, to do that or to say that? Well, I mean, when we crossed the bridge of closing the schools just a week ago, mm-hmm. I knew at that time it wasn't going to be for two weeks. I mean, we abided by the governor's order, but realistically, when you look at what where we are in the path of this virus, it's going to continue to escalate. We're going to keep seeing a, a doubling uh, probably daily for a while, of cases, in part because we're doing a lot more extensive testing. So we're doing testing in kind of two ways. One is the people who show up with acute symptoms, they're at the top of the queue to get tested. But we're also doing what's called surveillance testing, meaning when people show up at their doctor's office and say, you know, I don't really feel well, or they're in the hospital for something else, we're doing sampling of testing, and that's where we're seeing a pickup in the numbers. And a lot of hospitals now are bringing online the ability to test. We've stood up for, uh, through public health, a mobile testing uh, site um, on the north side. We're opening up one and others in other parts of the city. So we're going to see more cases because we're doing more testing. The more testing is necessary. We need to understand how acute this is. Did people get this from traveling? Did they get it for somebody who also had coronavirus? Or is it just spreading in the community, meaning we don't know what the source was, but it's there and latent in the community. That's all valuable information for us to make sure that we are adjusting our public policy response appropriately and that we are getting um, help to the places that need it most. You know, uh, Governor Pritzker called up 13,000 strong Illinois National Guard to um, help set up testing units and doing critical work in the weeks and months ahead. Um, how, how, what, what is your take on the National Guard? What is, what is they going to be? What's going to be their role in the city of Chicago? Well, what I, is it going to look like? You think? Look, I think the National Guard is primarily going to help people outside of Chicago. We've got a very, very robust public health infrastructure okay. here. Um, we've got a lot of folks that are already at the ready um, that and volunteers. Um, the, where the National Guard, I think, will be most help, helpful in those communities that don't have the kind of infrastructure that we have in Chicago. But if we need them, we'll bring them in. But right now, I think we've got the resources that we need. We've got the in, public health infrastructure. Um, we need um, to keep focused on health care workers, mm-hmm. not just 
making sure that they can get to work, but really supporting them. Hey, they're moms, they're dads, they're caretakers of uh, their seniors. So we need to make sure that we continue to have supports so they can continue to do their job. We need to make sure that our first responders are taken care of. And people who really are the unsung heroes that are the fabric of our social safety net, our librarians, our parks, our grocery store workers, our sanitation workers, all those folks that are going to be necessary to keep us going and keep us safe, we got to be responsive to their needs as well. You stopped short, I mean, yesterday of doing a total lockdown. And thank you for that, or I wouldn't be here with you today. Um, what do you think? Well, what, look, do you think I, you're going to have to do a lockdown where where n- no one can go anywhere? Well, and no, under we're, that or we're never going to get to that place. And even if you look at, okay. for example, San Francisco or California, there's a tons of exceptions. The media being one of them. We've got to. You guys have to still be up and operating. People need to get information. That's vital. There's so much rumor and innuendo and urban myth that's out there. Mm-hmm. We need to have voices like yours to give people the straight facts um, so that we can continue um, doing what's necessary. So, look, the governor is definitely thinking about a lot of different options. I expect him to announce something later today. But the truth is, if you look at what's happening in Chicago, and I can't account for the rest of the state, mm-hmm. people are being smart. Mm-hmm. They're staying home. They're not putting themselves in danger. Now, there are some that are being foolish, but but by and large, I think people understand this is really deadly serious. This is unlike anything that any of us are probably alive today have experienced. I've heard a lot of comparisons to um, the flu epidemic in 1918, mm-hmm. but we haven't experienced anything like this before. Not in my lifetime. Not in my lifetime either. So people are taking it seriously. I, you can see it. <clears throat> In the lack of people walking up and down the street, businesses that are closed, the light traffic um, that's on the, the expressways, we're seeing less and less people taking public transportation. That's because people are staying at home, they're able to telework, um, and they're taking this seriously. So were you listening to me Monday, and, and that's why you decided to be? <laughs> so you must have been lit when we, when we we were talking on the air, and we said, you need to stop this ticketing, booting, <laughs> red light cameras, you know, fees, fines. Um, thank you so much for, for doing that. Um, and, and, and what was... I know that you have some brilliant people around you, but, I mean, you just do not know how much our listeners at WVON appreciated when you said put a moratorium on all of these different things. Because if you, if you boot somebody's car, if they have to go to work, if they're the ones that are going to work, they can't go to work. Well, so I, I thought that was very magnanimous look, of you. I, I, look. We know people are hurting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a matter of fact. People were hurting before this, mm-hmm. but they're hurting now even more. With all the businesses that are on hiatus um, and trying to keep making payroll, so people that aren't on in the street, but our un- unemployment um, claims have spiked this week. Yes. I expect that to keep going up. Mm-hmm. We have to do our part. So what my team and I have been talking about now for some time is looking at what's the world going to be looking like over the la- next couple of weeks and thinking about how do we put money in people's pockets so they can continue to function. It's really that simple. You know, we don't have a lot of extra discretionary cash at the city level like they do apparently Mm -hmm. in the federal government where they're just printing money in the basement of the White House. But 
We knew that we needed to do some things to help people immediately, not wait until the federal stimulus came down, but today. That's why we took those steps. So how is this going to impact the city's economic um, feasibility? I think you said uh, yesterday that 20, only 25 percent, uh, you use that, that percentage, 25 percent of, you know, what we take in and that sort of thing, it's going to affect it. So you're, we're, are we fiscally solid? No, we are. We, look, we still have the same structural problems that we've always had, which right. is we have pension debt that's crushing. However, for this year, we anticipated a significant economic downturn as one of our potential um, scenarios. So we, we predicted that last year. But as I indicated yesterday, only 13 um, percent, there's no, there's no one revenue stream that's more than 13 percent. Mm-hmm. And if you aggregate up the what we call sensitive um, uh, economic sensitive uh, revenue streams like the state income tax, like sales tax and others, in the aggregate, that's only 25%. So we are, we are in a comfortable position. Earlier this year, we took advantage of the low interest rates and we repurposed um, a lot of our debt. We were hoping to get about $200 million in savings. We got over $300 million in savings. Okay. So that's a $100 million windfall that we'll be using to help offset um, any particular losses. And if you look at other um, scenarios like 9-11 or the Great Recession in 2008-2009, we had some impact, but we really bounced back very strongly. Our economy uh, recovered uh, quickly. And the truth is, in Chicago, we are very fortunate that we don't, we're not like some places where only one industry dominates the economy. Mm-hmm. We have a very diverse economy. So while hospitality is certainly being hit, restaurants, bars, hotels, and the like, We've got a lot of other industries, like grocery stores. Grocery stores are advertising for workers. Yes. They are, they are doing gangbusters business. Okay. So where there's downturn in one place, there's an uptick other, elsewhere. But our revenues right now as a city government are fairly solid. And uh, very quickly, what about the – did you create a $100 million loan fund for small businesses? Yes. Let's talk about that very quickly. Well, just as we knew that individuals are suffering – we have to support those small businesses that are out there. We looked at what's the sweet spot below where the uh, Small Business Administration is actually going to be making loans. So we wanted to get money in the hands of those mom-and-pop neighborhood businesses that hire people from the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. If we support them and we support them in their efforts to continue to make payroll, which is really what this loan fund is intended to do, we're going to be supporting those workers. And when we support the workers, we support their families. When we support those families, we support the neighborhoods. That's why we initiated um, this resiliency uh, loan fund. And we've now gotten people, even since last night, that have responded. We'll be announcing other people that are stepping up to help fund this and support our small businesses and their employees. I loved what you said last night as we end this interview. This is our moment to prove ourselves and a nation that in Chicago we may be bent, but we will never be broken. That was Prose. That was beautiful. <laughs> that made me feel really good. I mean, what made, I mean, what was it that was going on in Lori Lightfoot's head that she, that you felt so compelled to say something like that? It was so comforting. Well, you know, I'm a sports fan, right? And so, yeah, I know. <laughs> you, you have the prevent defense, right? Where you bend, but you don't break. And as I was thinking about 
what I wanted to say to people to give them hope. We have been through so much in this city. Yes, really, we have. from the early days of our history, we have risen through a lot of challenges. And yes, this is the challenge of a lifetime. We've never been through anything like this before. But the resiliency and the resolve that's gotten us through, you know, floods and fires, um, through the heat wave, through the polar vortex, through the great Chicago fire, that's baked into our DNA. We know how to ride this tide. We do it together. We do it by being strong and not frightened. And I want to just give, remind people of who we are to bear in to what it means to be a Chicagoan. Can you just, as we end this, can you give a message primarily and specifically to the African-American community? Because we feel so left out of everything. Well, Can you give us a message of hope? Look, I'm your mayor. I am you. And I want you to know that we are thinking about all communities, and African-American community in, in, in particular. I want to make sure that we continue on our, our quest to strengthen our neighborhoods. We're not going to abandon things like Invest Southwest. We're going to come back. We're going to be stronger. I just need you to be here with us. I need you to understand how important this is. This is real. And I don't want to see a disproportionate number of African-Americans get this virus and not be getting the care that they need because we haven't taken it seriously. Stay in when you're sick. Wash your hands frequently. Remember, if you cough, you sneeze, cover up. But we are with you. I am with you. I'm never going to abandon who I am and who you are as a community. And would you like to give a message to Patricia Pearson's family? Uh, she was the first person yes. in Illinois that died of the COVID-19 virus. Well, I was very sorry um, to hear about her. I heard about her case early on. Mm-hmm. I knew that she was in intensive care, and I was very, very sad at her passing. I offer my sincere condolences uh, to her family. Um, and to stay strong. She was a fighter. She fought to the end. Um, and by all accounts, she was a tremendous human being. Mm-hmm. She was the center of gravity for her family, and she will clearly be missed. And we have to support that family in this time of grieving. These are difficult times. It's not normal. And I want to make sure that everyone, even though we're in physical isolation from each other, that you were practicing self-care. Take care of yourself. There's mental health hotlines. Call 311 if you don't have one, and we will get you in touch with a counselor who can offer you compassion and guidance in this difficult time. I'm going to call you. Anyway, thank you, Mayor Lightfoot. I appreciate you being here on the Talk of Chicago 1690 WVON Midday Madness with Perry Small. You are awesome, Sauce. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate you. We'll be back. Thank you. I hope so. Thank you.